This is Kari Gale. And this is Tony Critz. Welcome to the Pilgrim Lost Podcast, a space for those who wander and wonder. All right, Kari Gale, happy season two of the Pilgrim Lost Podcast. Wow, season two feels so official and and numerical. (laughs) So so numerical. Um, Yeah, so we had so we had planned on taking the month of August off just to sort of take a little break and. Ended up being kind of serendipitous, which we'll get into here a little while, in a little while, just with all that's going on in your life. But um, before we get into all that, what's going on? How are you? You just got back from a camping trip or a hiking trip. I did. I just got back from really my only camping trip this year because life happens and COVID happened. And and um, yeah, so my sister and I just took... Hmm, four or five days and we went up to the Olympic Peninsula and um, she has a good friend that lives up there. So we were able to visit her as well in Port Townsend, Um, but beautiful hiking on the Olympic Peninsula. There's an area called Ozette and um, we were able to, yeah. Is that in the San Juans? No, no, it's on the mainland. No, it's on the mainland. Yeah, we didn't have to take any ferries, but um, you know, I, I have in the last few weeks, my back has gotten markedly remarkably better yeah i can't believe you went backpacking I know. uh and so the first we were gonna do just some day hikes and then my sister convinced me to do a one night overnight backpacking trip but what you don't remember when you kind of have been away from it for a while is that when you go backpacking you take all your gear like it, one oh, night is yeah. as much as five nights not the food obviously but all your gear is really heavy. And so, and you carried a tent and everything. You did all that stuff. Yeah. Tents in our, you know, sleeping bags and our mattresses. And we have very, we have very fancy mattresses because we're old and we don't like sleeping on the hard ground. So we have these very fancy mattresses that are very comfortable, but large and heavy. And so, uh, yeah, about an hour into the hike, which was actually very, very easy because it was uh, three miles out on kind of almost a boardwalk. You're you're hiking on a boardwalk out to this coast, so it's a lot of wood, you know, these wood slats. And mm-hmm. um, I get this stabbing pain in my back, down in my SI joint, and um, which is just a, it's just a weird. You can't you can never predict. And so my sister graciously took the took the tent. I had the tent on the bottom of my bag, and she took the tent and was able to carry it, and I was able to not have any more pain. But for that moment man, it, I was stressed out. And then, you know, when you're, I guess it just, it just made me like go back to this idea of these things that we take for granted when we don't, when we don't have injuries or when we're walking and we can just sort of let go of the moment. And, and in this particular walk, I couldn't, I was constantly thinking of my body and was my back going to hold out? And Luckily it did. And I, but I was anxious. I was, it was not a, it was not a peaceful walk. It was more of an anxious walk thinking, is my back going to make it, you know, which, um, I don't know. Did you, I had pain on the Camino when I walked, but it was pain that I knew I could get through. It wasn't something that was this constant anxiety about what was going to happen. Did you, did you have anything like that? No, I mean, except my feet, you know, just my feet. But the rest of my body was, well, I've got, from volleyball in college, I've got one, my right shoulder sometimes hurts um, when I'm carrying a backpack. But 
But it's nothing like that, that moment where you're like, something could happen in any second and I would be completely immobile. Like I literally imagined my sister having to leave me there. You know, it will, luckily we weren't that far from the car at this point. It was like a mile, but take her pack back, come back, get my pack and then slowly, you know, make my way to the car. But luckily the tent, the tent did the trick and I, um, yeah, I was, I was, I was really thinking like, what, what, how did I get here? Why did I do this? Those moments. I, yeah, I think I might just need to like load up my backpack and just go walk somewhere just because I'm, I'm having massive Camino desires. I'm, well, you were supposed to have gone. I was supposed to, yeah, I was supposed to go uh, this month, September. I was supposed to go in September for well, you my were supposed to go birthday. earlier, right? I was supposed you to go in May to... and then I got bumped to September and I, this week I've been going online and doing research. I didn't realize the Camino is open. Like yeah. you can, you can yeah. do it. So I was like, maybe I'll just go. And then this morning I was listening to the New York Times podcast and they said that um, COVID's blowing up in Spain right now, 53,000 new cases. And so I I don't imagine it's going to be opening um, much longer if it still is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. I mean, I'm ready to go. I'm ready ready to go. go. I'm just a swan. I mean, I, when I go walk around the city, I always carry a backpack with me just because I want the feeling, the, the feeling, the huggy, the huggy straps. No, the there backpack. is this beautiful, like when I, we put on the packs, even though I was, you know, obviously having this anxiety about my back, I just, in this weird way, it just felt like coming home, like putting that on and, um, you know, just, I mean, all of my clothes that I wear backpacking are the same clothes I wore on the Camino seven years ago. Like I've, I've kept them really nice as far as like, I just I take very good care of my clothes and they're the same clothes, not the same shoes, but you know, my poles right. and my, you know, it just feels right. that way. It's yeah. I, um, I was glad even though it was stressful that we did go cause it just felt like coming back into that headspace. Um, yeah. And, but it was an interesting trip, Tony. Cause I mean, you know, this I shared with you and just to share with our listeners. So my, part of the reason we were on this trip or we'd already planned it, but we were debating whether we were going to go or not because, um, uh, three weeks ago, Thursday, my dad passed away. Yeah. My dad, Larry passed away. So. So the, this goes back to the serendipity of taking August off that you had a break to be able to focus on family and process your dad and you and Lissa, who's your traveling companion all over the world you guys got to get out in nature for a while and so yeah my dad's my dad's really his we had a very complex relationship mm-hmm. um and uh but he was always his very best self um out outdoors and he he took us camping and backpacking when we were little and those were always those are some of my just most my my the purest memories that i have of our relationship so, so it felt really good to, to be out there and just, you know, just doing that is like, you know, I think that t- for my dad is more of a, a memorial to him than some sort of ceremony. That is the ceremony is just being out, being in the woods, camping, you know, <laughs> like I have so many memories of, you know, we're eating our bad oatmeal in the morning, you know, our, our right. little packets, you know, and just, oh gosh, it brings back so many so many memories of my childhood and, Hmm. and it's interesting because 
in talking about it, as my sister were talking, we don't have that. There's not like tons of memories, but those particular memories that stick in your mind, you know, that somehow become maybe even more than they were. I don't know if you, you know, I know both of your parents have passed and yeah. it's this interesting start sort of, I don't know, maybe building a narrative around one, like even if it's like a, a picture or a thing in your mind and you can go back there pretty, pretty easily to those moments. And um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting because the, the grief from my dad is, uh, it's, a, it's weird because some days I feel, you know, I've been a crying mess and other days I feel pretty, pretty, mm. um, not numb. I don't feel numb, but just like today, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty even keel and it's, you know, I've never, I've never, I had my, my grandma passed away when I, um, in 2006, I was very close to her, my, my mom's mom, but I've never had a close family member pass away. So this is the first, but probably in my, I mean, not probably, my dad and I were the least connected of any of me and my family members. And so I don't know if it's even sunk in because I wouldn't, you know, when COVID started, so we had to, so my dad had cancer back in 2000. He first got diagnosed with bladder cancer back in 2011. And then he had his bladder removed actually right before we walked the Camino in 2013. Mm. Um, and then, so he basically went into remission and didn't have the cancer didn't show up again until this January. And when it showed up again, it was all over his body. So he was stage four diagnosed with stage four in at the end of January. And so we, um, we basically quickly moved my parents from their floating home where they were living into an apartment. And then, I mean, literally the week we moved them was the week, it was the Friday, I think, after everything, it was like the 25th. So everything had shut down. And we were really concerned that we'd even be able to get them moved because of COVID. And then due to the fact that he was so sick, we just didn't see them for months and months. Mm. And so the first time I got to see him after they had moved, so I saw him like March 25th, and then I saw him on Father's Day on June 15th. And, um, and that was the last time I got, so I only got to see him once in that whole span. And then, and then he went into the hospital not too long after that. Well, so I saw him June 15th and then I just, again, trying to keep safe with COVID, try not to do it very often. When he went into the hospital, they wouldn't allow anyone in to see them to, you know, to see, to see him. So my mom was mm. the only person allowed in. Anyway, so, so I didn't get to see him in the hospital. And then when they moved him to hospice, they moved him to hospice on a Wednesday and I couldn't get over there till he, they moved him on a, at noon on a Wednesday. And by the time I got to see him at three o'clock that afternoon, he was non-responsive. So I didn't, the last time I actually saw him where I engaged with him was, was June 15th. Um, you know, we were texting in the hospital, but um, yeah, it's strange. And it's, I think for a lot of people that might sound um, maybe strange, but I don't, I'd had a really a challenging relationship with my dad over the, over the course right. of my, my life. And so we didn't talk he, very he had often. a tough personality your dad <laughs> yeah he's 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 a tough guy he was a tough guy and he was not emotional and i'm an right. emotional person we had very 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 
very different politics and beliefs about the world. And those were very challenging. And it really, at the end of his life, he really, that's all he really wanted to talk about was politics. And so if you didn't agree, it was a challenging, it was pretty much a non-conversation. Right. And we've talked about that on our podcast and how that can be really tough. So the one thing that we had in common that really was the thing that that was really a gift to me in these last years was my tiny house and oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, and the designing and, and planning and, and execution of that he was so involved in. And that was, it was really this, um, it was really the only thing that I have of my, in my adult life or my memories of my dad that we were, we had this thing that we were doing together that we were building together that was um just this very joyful experience and uh um i just was talking about the house and my dad last night to someone and and my sister was like oh i think there's like x million views or something so we looked it up my tiny house has 2.9 million views my my little video that you did with bryce that I did with Bryce and that my dad, you know, I mentioned my dad in it because obviously right. he, he, he was so much a part of it. And so, um, I mean, I get, it, it's just crazy. So, but that particular, like my dad was an incredible architect. That's what he did for a living for most mm. of his career. And uh, the thing that was crazy about the tiny house is that that video gave him more exposure for his architecture than anything he had done in his, his entire career because of the internet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really fun, it was a fun um, experience that we had together. And I'm, I'm really grateful for it because I don't think I would have had that. Well, I don't, I know I wouldn't, I wouldn't really have any other sort yeah. of, you know, memory of us as adults doing something together because we did have such a challenging relationship. So but what a gift that this last season you literally built a, a monument to your relationship and the fact that he ultimately cares about you and and literally provided you a roof. Like that's sort of his last chapter in your life. And so many people, um, the last chapters with their parents are are in many ways the hardest. For me, for me and my mother, it was the hardest. Because yeah. her addictions drove her away from all of us and made her very hard to interact with. And really lacked sort of those last monuments of life. And I just imagine, you know, grief, grief is something that, you know, we've talked about before that we're just terrible at. I mean, Western society is terrible at grieving. And that you get to you get to literally put a key into a door and open it up. And, you know, as it swings open, you get to step inside something your father helped you make. I just think that's really lovely. Um, I hope it's lovely for you. I hope there's something in that. There was this, you know, moment. My dad, so my dad had uh, an incredibly, incredibly traumatic childhood that really, I think what I mean, not, I think I know was, was a huge, huge factor in him being the way he was, which was very hard to, um, you know, I mean, something like, like I 
can say this out loud and it's like really tough, but my dad never said he loved me. Yeah. Yeah, he never. That, those three words, you know, it's tough. But I think you're right. This is why I have the Kleenex. <laughs> but my dad was not able to do that. But he, he did show it in other ways. And I remember being at the uh, at my housewarming party. And um, we had all these people crowded in the house, you know, in my tiny 200 square foot house. It's amazing how many people you can get in there. And someone was like, a friend of mine just, she's like, this is an amazing design. Who did, who did this? And my dad was standing kind of over in the corner and I pointed at him and I'm like, it's my dad. That's the architect, Larry, you know? And um, in that moment, he looked, he's like, no, no. He's like, we did it together. We did it together. And I like, like you couldn't tell, like I was just, but I was gobsmacked. Like my mouth, you know, if you could right. see the inside of my head, I was just like, it was this moment of graciousness and my dad was not a gracious man. Yeah. But in that moment, like in his space where he was his best self, where he was doing the thing that he loved, he was, he was gracious. And I think that that's the thing that we, like I can, you know, we hold these two things together all the time. Like one of the things about grieving someone that you weren't super close with is you, you're grieving the things that you never had. You know, yes. you're grieving what the idea of a father that, you know, my ideal father that I wanted, but didn't have. And um, that feels very weighty. And then you're feeling the relief of, um, you know, the, the tension maybe being gone, you know, the tension that was in our family because that he was such a hard man sometimes to be around. And, um, but at the same time, there's these moments of beauty. It's always this beauty, pain, beauty, pain, you know, that tension between the two. And um, I, I feel like the grief process is so much going through that, you know, moment, there's a moment where I'm angry and then there's a moment where I'm just grateful. And then there's a moment where I'm sad. And then there's a moment where I'm honestly like, like, I mean, if I'm really honest, the biggest feeling I have is, is, is relief in some ways. Yeah. Relief also that he's not in pain anymore because he was, it was a long haul. I mean, it wasn't, he actually, interestingly enough, that at the end, it wasn't the cancer that killed him. It was the treatment, the immunotherapy that he was, he was receiving. He had this weird, rare reaction to it. And it, it caused his body to start attacking its immune system and, and, um, and that's why he went so quickly, like within a week. And so, you know, weirdly, I feel like that was a blessing because he was in, yeah. he was in a lot of pain. He was really miserable. Yeah. So, a second ago, you said that, you know, there's some day, sometimes you're sad and there's sometimes just grief. And then you said there's sometimes I'm angry. Hmm. What do you get angry about? Oh, just, you know, like just, just a little while ago, I'm like, I'm like, could it have been so hard to say I love you? Would right. that have been so far hard? I right. get angry that he wasn't able to express things. I see. Yeah, angry, just angry that, like, I feel like there was so many missed opportunities for relationship. Like, all of us kids longed for a relationship with him. Right. 
it was very hard. Like he only accepted it on his terms. And so if you weren't, you know, you know, the word boundaries or agreeing to disagree, these things that people do to create, um, you know, peace in relationships, he wasn't, wasn't willing to do that. Yeah. And so it was really hard. Like he was, he was, um, he was sort of in, what's the word I'm thinking of? He just, help me out. He, he just wouldn't change. There was no, there was no like, right. there was no changing his mind. Um, there was no like, Hey, I never heard that before. Let me consider that. There was right. none of that. And so that, that makes it very hard to have a relationship with a person. Well, and in that, um, like with all people, and you know this, I'm just going to say it out loud, even though you know it, your father built, built a fortress around himself to protect himself because, because of his tough life and his hard childhood. And part of that fortress was the fortress of ideas. And it was, a, it was those are hard, heavy stone walls that he built. And those, those walls are what helped him um, survive. And uh, so the, the, yes, your dad can be an ass. Okay. <laughs> um, but he comes by it honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing that, um, you know, I think that you're, you know, you've called yourself sometimes an eight on the Enneagram, although you, oh, yeah. you, you, you dance off of it wanting to be like, no, maybe I'm not an eight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're an eight. But my dad was a classic eight, like, yeah. like textbook eight. And, um, and one of the things that eights tend to have is a lot of trauma in their childhood. And a lot of the ways they choose to, this is just me like coming off of, you know, the Enneagram Institute is the control factor. Yeah. So they really, really, really became pe become people who want to assert control over their situations. And the way they do that is that fortress. Yeah. And so, you know, it's interesting because that holding that all the time is almost like having this little, reminder you know that post-it note on your brain that every time i interacted with him remembering this is who this person was and this is where he came from and and these are the reasons as to why he's unable to be this person and there's a lot of you have to have a lot of grace like yeah. i think all of us have had a lot of grace for that relationship and um and it's been i think there's a a a, 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 the weight of him being gone or the weight there's a weight that that I feel is gone because he's gone because I feel like I can have a more authentic relationship with even with my mother now because there is not that sort of minefield that we're sort of trying to right. to walk across and so so yeah it's all sorts of feelings and um and it's a I'm sure it will go on. I don't, you know, I don't know how long grief lasts. Does it last? You know, it's interesting because there are moments, you know, I share about walking the Camino because I was grieving my marriage. Right. And that was, I was, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm just realizing what is today? The first. Yeah. So, so September 3rd would have been my 20 year wedding anniversary had I been married still. Oh. Yeah. Cause we were married in 2000. I remember. And, um, you, you remember. And so, you know, that was a long time ago and I'm in a 
wonderful new relationship that with a man that I love, yet there are still moments where I have moments of grief and I feel right. like I'm going to have them forever, honestly. Right. And, and they don't, they don't overwhelm me, but they, they're there and they come sort of a memory or a smell or a, a thing that with that person, like, you know, one of those things I think that we experience, I've experienced is wanting to tell someone something. My sister was just like, I'm so excited to share these pictures with dad. You know, he would have loved this hike. Right. And then, you know, just having that moment. And, and I remember being traveling and seeing something I wanted to share with Brian and my ex and, Oh, that moment, that connection strong. Yeah. Still, it's still, you know, these people, they impact you in your lives, you know, in a way that, and I wouldn't, even though I think theoretically we'd like to not have them. I think if we didn't have them, we wouldn't be human. Right. 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 Um, this, uh, this whole podcast started with you talking about going on this hike and even in the midst of that story, you're like, this is my dad introduced me to hiking and the outdoors. And that was, um, where, where my memories begin with him. And then when, then we've ended up here and I just think all that's part of it. I mean, and there is no timeline for grief. Uh, there's no fast track. Um, let, let the waves wash over you. Um, please, please take care of yourself. Eat well, take naps, you know, check in on your mom a lot. Yeah. Um, and I just think on behalf of, you know, my family, but mm-hmm. we just want to say, we're sorry for your loss. Thank you. Thank you very much. To your mom and to your brother and to your sister. Thank you. Mm. Okay. Uh, episode one, season two. <laughs> it's been a doozy. It's been a doozy. Yeah. Well, I, um, I'm excited for what's going to happen in season two. It's going to be interesting one as we continue to navigate this world, this, yeah. this new world, this brave new world. Oh. And this is a great time um, for all of you out there in our community to reach out to us and let us know topics you want us to get into or yeah. advice on how to do this better. Um, we want to continue to post on the on on the blog as well as continue to do the podcast, and hopefully we'll have a couple more events coming up in the next year, some urban hikes and stuff like we've done before. Um, but thanks, everybody. We appreciate you. Thank you for walking with us. To stay connected, visit us at pilgrimlost.com. Please comment, share, and respond.